Hey, welcome to Talk It Out, the show where we talk about the message after Sunday. I'm joined by Montana. Hey. Ross. What's up? And Jeff. Yo, yo. And my name is Chase. We are in the middle of our He Is series, and yesterday we talked about how God is faithful, and this is all based off of the scripture in Exodus chapter 34, Mm -hmm. verses Actually, you were wrong. Your verses were wrong. No, they weren't. Yeah, they were. Six, it's six, six and through, seven. Six through eight. Six it's and not seven. not one through seven or whatever you what? said. What? Are yeah, you sure? Yeah. I'm positive. I'm yeah, for sure. Let's talk right it now. out. But we are looking at the different characteristics of God. And what's really interesting, this is kind of the first time where uh, someone, I'm sure lots of people even up to that point have questioned, like, who is God? Uh, but the f- first time someone actually asks, like, hey, who are you? What are you like? And God responds to Moses by listing out these traits. And so last week we talked about compassion. This week was faithful. Let me ask you guys, kind of set up, what translation of the Bible do you all typically read from? You don't have to give Ooh. like your church, like just you specifically, what do you like to read from? Jeff, let's start with you. I'm an ESV. Okay. ESV. Oh my God. Ross? <laughs> uh, probably NIV. Okay. Yeah. That's me too, NIV. See, I'm NASB or ESV, which Boom. those two are typically the most like word for word translated NIV is more of like phrase translated mm-hmm. phrase to phrase. Mm-hmm. Um, and what's interesting is like, as I look through NASB and, and ESV where faithful is and some of the other translations NIV, it's actually the word truth. And as I looked at this, Josiah talked about the Hebrew word emit being the word that stands there for faithful. It also is this idea of like faithful, yes, but true and constant. So like, we think of being faithful to something, we think about being constant, but it also has this deeper tie to truth, like the this truth that is always constant. Mm-hmm. And when you think about, I think, being faithful uh, and what that looks like, it is that. It's like, what is true and constant and not changing? Because if something's not changing, it's typically truth. And it's interesting, as, as I thought about that and thought about just the rest of the message, like... And as we're hearing this message, I'm also thinking about kind of what we, what Josiah talked about last week with compassion. Like, if this is who God is, then this should be who I am too. Right. And so what does it look like for me to be faithful, to be true to something, to to be unwavering, to be constant? And, and I think about even Josiah's opening story of the dad who went through the rubble, you know, for a day and a half straight to save his kid and how he was constant to that, how he, he didn't waver from that, how the truth for him was, I love my child and I'm going to prove it by finding him no matter what it takes. Mm -hmm. And so that was, that was something interesting that jumped out to me. Montana, we'll, we'll go this way with you. Like, as you think about the message overall yesterday, what was one line or one point, or even just a thought that, that you had during the message that jumped out and this kind of stuck with you? I think what I really liked is that Josiah had said that people shape our perception of God, whether we realize it or not. I don't know. I just thought that was so true. Like so often I'm like, okay, who? I don't always look like straight to the word for who God is. I know that that sounds dumb and wrong, obviously, kind of but <laughs> whatever, but it's like, it's easy to just look around, look at other people, like for who I think God is, right? Because it can be a little bit confusing sometimes, like who is God really? And this is a very important question. And like Josiah had mentioned, yeah, these seven attributes of God are kind of these main ones that we hear about. God is other things as well, but I don't know. So saying that 
our perception of God is shaped by the people around us is, I don't know, that was really interesting to me. What about you, Ross? My turn. Well, I think backing up, you can correct me if I'm wrong here, but I think one of the ways that we wanted to use this podcast is to help people dive deeper into Mm -hmm. the concepts we're talking about. And there's a book called God Has a Name by John Mark Comer, and it's basically this idea continued to be fleshed out. And one of the things that he writes in that book that I think is really powerful is that Exodus 34, six through eight or six and seven, whatever it is, <laughs> is the most quoted verse in the Bible by the Bible. Hmm. So whether it's Jesus, whether it's other writers throughout scripture, they quote this verse the most because I think it's an age old question. Like who is God? What yeah. is God like? That's and a so good Bible trivia we, yeah. answer right there. <laughs> there I, didn't, I didn't know that. Very Bible cool. bowl. Yeah. You know, the word that, that stuck out to me when Josiah was describing faithfulness was trustworthy. Mm-hmm. And I think it really ties back for me into last week too, with compassionate and that being like a maternal term mm-hmm. and just like how the picture of a mom is trustworthy and safe. So like even when we're talking about how can we emulate these things, how can we become more yeah. like God? That's the thing that I picture is just like creating a safe and trustworthy space for people, for my family, for my kids, everyone around me. I've been reading this book recently and it's about attachment theory and Uh, essentially like we're all designed to have secure attachments in our life the the faithfulness the trustworthy the true that is like that secure attachment piece to Mm -hmm. me i don't know really resonated with me Mm -hmm. in that way that's good and we'll tag any reference or um reference i guess any book or resource resource that's the word thank you Mm -hmm. we'll we'll tag in the notes because i i haven't read that one but i've read some of his other books, and I know that's a good one, too. Mm-hmm. And like you said, matches up really well with this series. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Jeff, what about you? I just really appreciated the fact uh, when Josiah was talking about, I think his phrase was, I am full of faith that God is faithful. Mm-hmm. Just how he talked about how he kind of had to talk himself into it sometimes. Uh, I think it's something that's really good to to know that it's not like faith is just this switch you turn on and off, and you're either 100% faithful or you're not. And I always think about this verse, it's in Mark 9, where Jesus is casting out a spirit from a boy, and this dad, just similar to the story, asks for Jesus' help. And Jesus says, like, with belief, anything's possible. And the dad's response is, I believe, help my unbelief. Mm -hmm. And so it's just always stuck with me that in any moment you can have this faith, but it doesn't always have to be this perfect faith that there's still some things that you can struggle with or there still might be moments where you have to talk yourself into it Uh, and it's perfectly okay to ask god like hey i'm believing this i'm choosing to believe it but i need you to help me in the areas where my heart or my head's struggling Mm -hmm. yeah Um, even with even with that i thought about when he was he was talking about giving himself a pep talk and was using the funny story about the urine filled diaper terrible picture (laughs) But um, he was using that and saying he needed to give himself a pep talk to believe that he was going to be able to get all the things done that he needed to that day and care for his kids. I thought about the verse in one of the epistles that talks about taking every thought captive, mm-hmm. you know, like like that to me, that's that same principle. When you're giving yourself a pep talk, when you're believing yourself into something that doesn't seem true about you or about your situation, it's it, it's the practice of taking every thought captive. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and, and I love that that picture of taking every thought captive. I love 
because ultimately you're taking it captive to truth once again back mm. to okay you know i, I heard uh, it may have even been josiah told me this a long time ago but like that the the phrasing and the and that's in the new testament so like the greek phrase and words used there are actually this sort of military deal of like holding up someone oh, against yeah. the wall with a spear and mm. like that's the idea of taking a thought captive. Like, is this true or not? If mm-hmm. it's true, it can go. If it's not, then it has to be. It has to be killed. And so that idea of what, like, like holding that thought up against truth, I think brings up the importance of knowing what is true, mm-hmm. or and knowing the source of what is true. You know, we could say, oh, well, we all believe the Bible is true, and it's like, well, do we believe the Bible is true? Do we believe all of the Bible is true? Do we believe? that it is this word-for-word book of laws and rules and and rights and wrongs, or do we believe it's a story that's pointing to almost sometimes like unsaid truths? And I think that's what's so interesting and what's cool about this kind of room and these kind of conversations because there's going to be little bits of difference, but we're going to like, we're going to learn how to have those discussions and, and learn that ultimately there's probably some foundational truths that we all believe but the way we go about living life, the way we go about even in our own interpretation of, of what we read in, in scripture could be a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I, I don't know. I just, I thought about that of like holding those things up to truth though. And, and like Jeff, you said, and you, you brought up that story, which is great. It's like, even in my unbelief mm-hmm. from what I know is true is that God doesn't change. And Josiah yeah. talked about that mm-hmm. and said that and, and we see that throughout scripture as well. Like even when I'm unsure, like I can at least be sure that it, that God still is. Like yeah. he's he's still who he is. Even if I if I'm unsure that day or in that season or I'm not seeing what I want to see, when I do come back, when I do have good days, when when yeah. for whatever reason or another I'm full of faith that day or that season of life, then like he's still the same even then too. It's not like I get extra pats on the back now because I'm super, you know, I'm yeah. a super faithful guy now and I'm, I believe in more today than yesterday. <laughs> yeah. He's still the same. Yeah. And that's where, like, it cuts into, I think, like, the reason that we struggle with faith sometimes is, is because, you know, we might be in a real intense scenario. We're not sure what it's going to look like on the other side and it's just scary. The whole time God asks us just to go back to Him, go back to Him because His perfect love casts that fear out. Mm-hmm. And so when you're struggling with faith in those moments, he says, you can come to me, and in those moments, I'm going to be the one who helps you through it. It's a part of him being faithful mm-hmm. all the time of who he is. When you learn that, you grow in it, and it, the next time around, it gets a little easier. Yeah, it that reminds me of a story one time I was, I was sharing my life story with a friend, and it was probably the first time I had ever talked to like a trusted adult about the details of my whole life and it it was just so interesting because from my point of view it was like I'm kind of releasing all of these burdens and all these things that have happened or I've gone through or whatever onto this person and it almost was a little bit of like a self-pity like I someone feel bad for me you know (laughs) and they're the very first thing they said after I had finished talking for like 20 minutes is she said wow I can really see God's hand in your life like, I can really see God's faithfulness. It was the first time I had ever heard of faith in that perspective because I was thinking like, no, 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 wait, I think you misunderstood what I was saying. What I was saying is that this sucks. <laughs> and she was like, no, 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 but look look at, you know, where you've come from or how you've made it on the other side. Kind of those like 
yeah, a little cliche sayings of, you know, like, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger, that kind of deal. <laughs> you make you oh, no. <laughs> You are but, a little taller. <laughs> yeah. I can tell. <laughs> but it was just interesting to, like, think about how, what does God's faithfulness look like in my life, even if life is hard, you know, and so. That was the, I think the biggest practical takeaway from Josiah's message was the practice of remembering that he talked about. It resonates with me and it's something that I see throughout scripture a lot. And maybe just because like in what I do, you know, I get to sit with people who are walking through challenging times and I think I get to see a different perspective for people. And when they can see like, oh my gosh, like look how far I've come or look what I've gone through and look where I am now. It's, it's like very powerful moments. Yeah. And so I think like one of the things I, I thought about too when I was thinking about remembering is just to add on to what Josiah was saying is just that like people help us remember, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. like your friend Montana helped you remember yeah. that time. And I think that it's important to like surround ourselves with people in our lives who can help remind us mm-hmm. of who God is, mm-hmm. of our story and what we've gone through of the times when we thought we couldn't make it through and we were able to make it through. And it's, it's like the voice of the Holy spirit through those people that can actually infuse the hope that we need in order to make it through our, our circumstance. Yeah. It's one of the things I love honestly about it's a lot happens a lot more in the old Testament, but just in scripture where it's people specifically do things so that when they see like yeah. they build an altar or something, mm-hmm. festivals. so when they look at it or yeah, festivals, so that they are specifically setting something up to where they will remember yeah. what happened. Mm-hmm. And that's something I always find myself doing is too. Like, I just have a sentence in my head of like, I'm here. I'm in this room. Yeah. And thinking about all the things that I've been through in my life and all the struggles that I've had, I still have gotten to this point where I am here. And so God has been faithful up to this point. Yeah. Yeah. And that was like the measure of a good king in the Old Testament was... Like, did they remember God? Mm-hmm. Did they remember God's faithfulness? Like, yeah. that's what it says over and over at the beginning of all of the books of the kings is like, did they remember God's faithfulness, yeah, you know? And so it's like, if that was the measure then, then like, <laughs> that's something we should probably <laughs> be doing now, yep. right. you know? Yeah, I was, that's why I was thinking, I, the picture of like the altars, like, you know, the, the stones, the stacking of these giant rocks that would be on these these paths, these roads that people would eventually come back to but even like the second step of that is then their kids would. Mm-hmm. And it's like their mm-hmm. kids would see it and their kids would grow up and the kids would tell a story and mm-hmm. then they would tell their kid. And then eventually it's like your grandkids and your great grandkids who are passing mm-hmm. these same things. Or like you said, the festival piece. Yeah. Like, And I always find that interesting of like what we choose to, I mean, we hear festival and like, I just, like, I just, a party. Mm-hmm. Like, what do we choose to celebrate and have a party about? You know, the parties that, gosh, I, even just this past weekend, I was at, two birthday parties for children and i'm sorry it was just <laughs> yeah. you know though it's exhausting oh, it's like and know. it was you know 150 when it's not my party it's like free babysitting no like, i'm way. just gonna go hang out in the corner yeah you're that parent yeah <laughs> i'm over here parenting all the pin now but but like but really though it's just tough but like why do we not celebrate more mm-hmm. like why do we not choose to celebrate the other moments in our life mm-hmm. There's so many feasts and festivals mm-hmm. that celebrate like anything, whether it was a um, a huge spiritual moment, whether it was just celebrating like the blessings of God yeah. when it came to crops yeah. and like a harvest. It was yeah, like, well, we got to festival of the unleavened this. bread. Yeah, I mean, yeah. just it's like really though, it was just those kind of things. And so, you know, I, I think 
you look through the history of even even Christianity, and it's like we went through this martyr phase and just this, hey, the whoever can suffer the most is the best, right. you know? And it's like, what if we went away from that? Like, what if we chose to celebrate more, like to have more joy? Because once again, not because of anything we're doing, but because of how faithful God is. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. like that's what we see in the Old Testament. That's what we we see throughout Scripture. And, and I think that's even the picture of the... The early church was just this constant, like daily gathering, mm-hmm. breaking of bread, sharing mm-hmm. together. It's like, like that sounds like a blast. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we get caught up and the world's different, culture's different. I get it. But, you know, I even think about our Sunday, Sunday gatherings, like how do we show up to church? Like, do we show up ready to celebrate what God did that week? Even if it was the most mundane thing, like, like we're still alive. Like that's something yeah. to celebrate, you know, yeah. but like, how do you approach church on Sunday? Because that's an opportunity to do that, to to celebrate what he's doing in our life. And just that thought right there alone makes me have a different perspective about Sunday service at 9 and 11. Yeah. Like, we can just say, oh, it's church. We just, I've done it every day of my life, whatever. But really, like, we have the ability to to choose to approach that even different, thinking about how God's faithful. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and I feel like that, I'm thinking of like practical examples mm-hmm. of like how we can celebrate in today's culture. Like if you can think in your life of breakthroughs that you've had or that times where, yeah, it seemed like things were going in a direction that was hard and you saw the direction change. Like those can be small moments that you can celebrate. Like I think of you chase, like your family mm-hmm. celebrating Noah's, you know, mirac- miraculous healing, yeah. like just moments like that, that you can celebrate or, small things in our kids lives that Mm -hmm. they're able to get done with school and you see like like just those small celebrations that I think are so powerful and even in those celebrations I think something that's important to mention is that like a Sunday gathering or anything it doesn't mean that our circumstances are perfect Mm -hmm. you know and like I think about the Israelites they go to these feasts and festivals it doesn't mean that like the Roman oppression isn't there. Yeah. Right. Like things are still going on in their lives and they're still like remembering who God is and, and it helps them believe God for the future too. Yeah. So like even in our celebrations, even in our remembering, it doesn't mean that, that things have to be perfect. Yeah. And and it's like, that's what Sunday mornings can be now. It's like the world is, is crazy and there's wars and rumors of wars and all these things. And, and not just Russia, Ukraine, like wars in our community, wars in mm. our, our political system, mm. wars on our street. Like mm. there are battles happening. There are are things happening in our in our schools and blo- like all of that's happening. Mm-hmm. And so, but even in the middle of that, like, because hear me, I'm not saying, oh, you need to show up to church with a party hat on. If you don't, then you're missing out. <laughs> like sometimes just showing up is, is enough mm. because you are tired and you're stressed and you're worried and you're upset and you're broken Mm -hmm. and so to me you know showing up is half the battle Mm -hmm. because that's the whole point Mm -hmm. is he's still Mm -hmm. faithful through all of that Mm -hmm. and through the great moments and the harvest moments and the the accomplishments and all those things like it's putting your your flag in the ground though and saying like we're going to choose to celebrate and we're going to choose to gather even even when leaving and going home going back to our house, going back to our week is going to be difficult. Yeah. Like that's when you do need to show up more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's because like you said, you need to be reminded that he's still faithful. You need to be reminded from other people that right. God's using to speak to you mm-hmm. that he's faithful. Mm-hmm. And that's, yeah. that's the power I think of, 
of the gathering of, of believers, the power of having these conversations as well. Yeah. Uh, I want to look at two. I think <laughs> Josiah mentioned the two times that God marveled at something mm. or that Jesus marveled at something. And he said the the centurion man, which I knew, and I, I've, I've always just remember that story for some reason of this, you know, Roman centurion, this kind of general, if you would, who recognizes the authority Jesus says he has and says, if you have that authority, just say it, it'll be done. Jesus says, wow, like marveled at how, you know, his faith. But I never thought about the other one, which was in Mark 6, 6, that he was amazed at their lack of faith. Like Mm -hmm. that was like kind of mind boggling that like the times when Jesus marveled were like you kind of said, like about the King's deal. It's like, it was all about the recognizing of, of the faith and having faith or not having faith and who Jesus was like, Mm -hmm. that's, that's kind of crazy to me that, that that is where Jesus kind of would step back and be like, wow, like a good wow and a bad wow. And (laughs) and I just think about like our own moments in life, like, and and I'll ask y'all, like, when do you think Jesus has marveled at your lack of faith or your, your ability to be full of faith? That's a hard question. I know. Because I don't, I, I asked that, and maybe you don't, obviously, I don't have an example because you're like, let me think about the worst moment of my yeah, life. Yeah, when did I have the <laughs> least amount the of faith? the worst moment of my spiritual life? No, but like, <laughs> I think we've been in both. Yeah. <laughs> yeah like there's yeah. been times where, for whatever reason, you know, it, it worked out for us to just believe and, and believe with our whole heart and trust God and walk into a new season, walk into a change, walk into something and and it worked and God was in the middle of it. And it was, we saw that we recognized that it was blessed. And then there's other times where we did doubt and we did lack faith. And, and, you know, we went through a season of loneliness. We went through seasons of, of heartache. And I think the reality is like living our life majority of the time is going to be in between those two. Mm -hmm. But like, that's, that's probably a good place to be (laughs) because like Ross brought up, like circumstances are going to change and things are going to change in our world, but finding and like rooting ourselves all the way back to faithfulness, like rooting ourselves in truth, no matter what we're facing, I think gives us the ability to do that. And when we get moments to be the centurion and to trust God at the highest level and, and not just for ourselves, but for someone else, like he'll marvel at that. And even when he marvels at our lack of faith, like that's where we have each other and we have people to lift us up and encourage us. And so, but yeah, I don't know that I never thought about that. Well, I also see it as like, God is going to show up in like when you're looking at others and you're looking at the Roman centurion was a person who no one would have thought had faith Mm -hmm. and Jesus's closest people in his community would be the people who you would think had the most faith. So maybe Sometimes we look to certain people as examples or people that we feel like have more influence on us Mm -hmm. when in reality, like we may look to the pastor to be the spiritual leader or the spiritual guide in our life when in reality, like the, your best friend may have something really important to say to you too, you know? And so I just think like looking for God and looking for faith and looking for his faithfulness in different places other than like the way that society and our religious culture tells us we need to look towards yeah i think when when you're saying that i've immediately thought of like just how my life has shaped me to have faith if that makes sense like the way that i grew up i you know had a lot of different parents through foster care and adoption and i moved around a lot and 
95% of my life was uncertain for a lot of times. Like I just didn't really know what was going to happen next. And it became like a routine in my soul. It felt like to just, it was almost an acceptance. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know what's going to happen, but I do know that I didn't know what was going to happen last year and it worked out. And so I'm believing that like, it's probably going to work out again. And I went to 14 different schools Mm. and every time it's like, am I going to find friends this time? Or am I going to be alone? Or am I going to hate it here? Or blah, blah, blah. And it's Mm. like, at the end of the day, like every, every time that there was a change or every time there was uncertainty, it actually was just building my faith that if I can get through this, then I can get through the next thing. And I don't know. It's just like, it's crazy to think about how the things that we don't that going back to when I first said, like our perception of God is shaped by people. It's, it's really our experiences too. And um, yeah, it's just like over time, what I thought was just routine was really building up faith in my life. And so I feel like the appreciation of God's faithfulness it always comes after the fact. Yeah. Like you're in this moment where it's it's hard and it's rough and, and you're not really feeling like God loves you too much. <laughs> and in that moment, it's are you going to choose to walk forward or are you going to choose to stay where you are? What like what are you going to do? And you get through it and it's not till six months later to where you realize, man, God was really faithful. Yeah. Like for me, like whenever you ask that question, I thought about the church I was at before this and how I got burned by a lot of people and it was, it was really terrible and the worst, just the worst for my family. And the move that we, what that we made to remain faithful to God was understanding that like the church is not a place like the church is the place where you find healing. And even though we've been hurt by a group of people before, Mm -hmm. it doesn't mean this next group is going to do the same thing to Mm -hmm. us. We took that step and then we found ourselves across timbers and we're coming here on Sundays and crying in the parking lot (laughs) but here we are five years later in a spot better than where we were before and so understanding that even though it was the terrible time of our lives god was remaining faithful Mm -hmm. and we didn't realize it until years later i like what josiah too said that the other option is giving up like you're gonna be faithful or the other option is quitting Mm -hmm. and i thought it was really encouraging when he said like well, you wouldn't be here. Like, if you're listening to this podcast, like, mm-hmm. then you're not giving up. If you're coming to church on Sundays, you're not giving up. And it's like, that's good enough. Yeah. Like, it's good enough to just not give up. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Well, let me let me do this. We have a, a little segment here to wrap up each episode called Random Question of the Week. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it might be about the message. Sometimes it won't. Today's it won't. Okay. All right, so this setup here, I am reading, me and Serena are reading a book to Daisy, our four-year-old, and it's a book about Jesus, because that's all we read, of course. And Obviously. Christian home, no cat in the hat. And no cat in the hat. And the word sin comes up, and Daisy asks, what is sin? And immediately I'm like, well, I know the answer. And so I start to try to explain, and I'm like, that doesn't make sense to her. And then I try to explain again, I'm like, well, that's not even right. And... <laughs> Then Serena came up with an answer, and it was an okay answer. But then she, of course, Daisy asked another question that nullified that answer. And I was like, okay, that's not right either. So let me ask, and we're going to start with Ross, just because he's... And uh, I also have a and, yep, six-year-old. Exactly. And so as you think about your kids, and Montana knows Daisy, so you can just picture Daisy. <laughs> yeah. uh, or if you're listening, your kid or your friend's kid, whatever, niece, nephew. 
like four, five, six-year-old asking you what is sin, mm. what is your answer? Mm. Well, I don't know about uh, like your experience, Chase, but like I would be thinking about this really profoundly and like try to come up with a great answer, uh-huh. and then I'd give it to to June or to Evie, and then Evie would ask a different question that had nothing to do with that same. Like she, would, you know, it'd be like, "Well, what is sin? What is that?" And then she's like, "Oh, well, I really like that birdie on the page. Like it does not <laughs> even compute." And I'm like, "What was all that work for?" <laughs> so to a to a four or five year old. You wouldn't think it would be this hard, but but it is. Yeah, yeah. I got mine. Okay, 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 Jeff, you go ahead. (laughs) I would say, you know that feeling you get when you get really, really angry at somebody and you hit them and it Mm. feels good. That is sin. And that's what we need to fight. Mm. Okay. That's good. Montana? Yeah. I don't know. Because I was like, I said, I'll go. Because I, I, I had to in that moment. She wasn't going to let me leave. <laughs> I said, well, Daisy, it's an archer term for missing the mark. You know? Oh, like, my gosh. She's like, Ar- archer. archer. What's yeah. a archer? I'm like, not a archer. What's an archer. archer. <laughs> exactly. It's like she's making up words. And she then like, I, girl from Brave. And so like, I broke yeah, it down from there. And it was like, okay, well, you know, it's when, it's when we, we do things our way, not God's way. And she goes, what's God's way? Mm. I'm like, okay, okay. And then Serena said, well, you know, it's like sin's usually when we hurt someone or we hurt ourselves. Mm. Because we, you know, Serena, like, we don't want to go, like, you hurt Jesus' feelings. Uh Because what? And so we avoid that. But like, but then Daisy's like, oh, so like, I fell down and hurt my knee, so I sinned. It's like, no, no, no. It's like, that's why it's so hard. Like, why is this such a hard thing? But but that's kind of where we just landed with her is like, like, when we, when we, and I love that, like you said, Jeff, it's like when we hurt someone and not in an accident way, like in a, you know, because we want to hurt them because we're mad because whatever, or when we do something, you know, in a way that's selfish, that, you know, only helps ourselves, like that, that can be sin. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of where we left it with her. It's like, that could be sin. Cause she's going to find really. some example of how it's not, you know, what if they're trying to kill me? Well, if you defend <laughs> yourself, that's not sin. But like, really like it, that's, what's funny is kids like, it's funny that they ask those questions. And then even like us in this room as like, you know, pastors and church people, like we don't have the greatest answers, <laughs> but, but I think it's important. Like, I think it's, it's good to think about this. So like, yeah, Ross, I mean, I, you I, your was, yeah, I was thinking, <laughs> I think using, imagery or like an example is good for a kid for sure but i I just want to open up leviticus and be like (laughs) i would i would uh like if i'm thinking about evie and i would say something like if you take something or if you steal something and you get away with it and you know you could do it again and you decide to continue to do that Mm -hmm. then you are walk you know you're that that would be sin Mm -hmm. that would be something that's leading you down a path that's not good for you because you're gonna you're going to think that that you can just continue to do that and it's going to be yeah. okay. And then at some point it's yeah. not going to be okay. I would equate it. Yeah. Like equate it to that kind of emotion of like, you know, you're doing mm-hmm. wrong and you're kind of enjoying it. Yeah. That's, yeah. it's like helping them to learn conviction, which is like, seems like a big word for a five-year-old, but they get it. Like Daisy, she'll know she's done something, you know, she likes to, you know, sneak out of her room after she goes to bed and we're like, no, we have to go back to bed. Well, then the next morning she's done it so many times. She'll be like, Dad, I need to say I'm sorry. Oh, for what? Because I snuck out of my room and you told me not to. So like she recognizes That's that sweet. feeling. Yeah. 
is sneaking out of your room a sin? Like, I don't think so. But, but like disobedient, you know, being disobedient, whatever. (laughs) But, but I think helping her, like, I like that a lot, actually, Jeff and Ross, like helping them to pay attention to that feeling of conviction of recognizing, Mm -hmm. Hey, this wasn't right. And I shouldn't do that even though I could, but I'm going to, and kind of like I said, like, I'm trying to make my answer right too. Like I'm going to choose God's way. But like, but really like knowing, (laughs) like, even though that, that, could feel good temporarily or whatever i could do it because it's you know available to do whatever it is like i'm going to choose not to like that's such a good i think principle to help a kid and for us to understand too yeah yeah and i I mean i I, because i do think the archery thing is really important and i think that it's something that helps me think about that and it's like the direction that you're going yeah Mm -hmm. it's good you know and so it's like if if you know you can you know hit and get away with it the next time you get in that situation you're going to be way more likely to do that but if you know that it's wrong and you stop yourself and the next Mm -hmm. time you get in that situation you're going to be more likely to stop yourself and some stealing and i like that too because i I guess in my mind growing up the message i'd always received about sin was just it was just like yes or no it was just like it's a sin it's not a sin when the reality is missing the mark like that idea of like the direction something's headed in is to me is such a better picture and reality of what sin is because it, it's not, it's not black and white. Right. Like, yeah. you know, mine what, was, a, I never got an explanation of what sin was. I just got the raise your hand in here. If you've ever sinned before and then just, yeah, everyone like, stick your hand up. Uh, yeah, okay, exactly. Everyone their <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And so I, I love that though, that like teaching how to realign or mm-hmm. refocus mm-hmm. back, you know, mm-hmm. you know, archery there again, but like, but like aiming at the right target mm-hmm, and helping yeah. them to recognize when they they can feel they know they're kids they're humans like they can feel and know when they shouldn't do something like I messed that up or I shouldn't have done that or or I know I could but I want to learn why I shouldn't mm-hmm. like that's such a I think a mm-hmm. good picture and I think that's so important too because a lot of people grow up yeah confused maybe about what sin is or I grew up thinking like every like i sinned all the time and yeah. and now god must be disappointed in me mm-hmm. and jesus might not love me anymore or the whole reason jesus died is because i was just a really bad person mm-hmm. and and then you learn that as a kid and you grow up like well i'm never going to be perfect i'm I, it's, i'm never going to be good enough what's the point then mm-hmm. like what's the yeah. point of all this mm-hmm. so yeah, mm-hmm. sin, or I always heard sin is anything that separates you from God. And it's yeah. Like, so yeah. is the sky sin? Is it in <laughs> right. heaven above? Is a like, bridge and a cliff. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah literally. My goodness. And that's so. Ross had a different up. experience. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe a little different. A little bit. A little bit. It was still like almost on and off switch, though. You know, it's like yeah. either you sinned or you didn't, and if you did, it was bad. But like I, yeah, I like the the real. I mean, like we're talking about the realignment. It's like the direction you're headed rather than the actual thing that's going on. And it's like the, the like downroad implications, all that kind of stuff. That This could be a podcast that's, too. That's, that's like <laughs> the wages of yeah. sin or death. It's like, okay, well, if you keep heading down that direction, that's what's going to happen in your life. Yeah. It's not like you're going to die because yeah. you sinned one time. <laughs> that one that's time the, you lied. Yeah. God but even for like other generations, like I talk to the people at the Hope Center all the time. They're a little bit older than me. And sinning to them when they were kids was like wearing blue jeans to church. Yeah. Like you're you're in a whole lot of trouble if you you're do that. Or direction. not going to church on yeah. Sunday, then you're sinning. Gosh. Which you are. We already said that today. We already you said need that to go today. to church. <laughs> you you need to, to celebrate go. and have a festival. A festival at church. <laughs> uh, well, thanks Good for question. joining us on Talk It Out. 
Uh, next week is going to be slow to anger and Father's Day. So we're looking at how God is slow to anger. Um, and how he's a father. And how he's a father. Uh, there you go. He's a good, good father. Uh, Ross is going to sing good, good father for us. And Old school reference. There you go. But it, I'm excited, though, talking about slow to anger um, next week. And, and just like the idea that God's not, it's not that he's not angry. He's just slow to anger, and what does that mean, and what does that look like? And so it'll be an interesting week. But Sunday, 9 or 11, or online if you can't make it in. Uh, and we will see you next week on Talk It Out.